0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Daycast Podcast. Another day, another cast. My name is Austin. I'm joined by Donzel and Elijah.
1: What's up? Hi.
0: Okay, so uh, today we're going to just run through a couple uh, topics within current events. Um, So we're going to, I guess, start off with these two two prominent r and singers that seem to be getting into trouble again. One of them being Chris Brown, the other being Trey Songs. So apparently Chris Brown, uh, one thing he has been accused of is preventing a dark-skinned woman from getting into a club. If I'm not mistaken, Donzo. Um.
2: Yeah, uh, like allegedly, uh, and I think the girl she actually I think she made a TikTok even talking about saying that it happened to her. They went and uh, they went. To, they were all going to this party that he was having, and when they got to the door, he trying to get in. He came out and said, pointed to them, like, "Are you, you, you?" Y'all can get in, but the other, the other two y'all can't get in. Y'all too dark. And the the John thought that he was joking, you know, went start walking towards, and he got serious and like, hey, I I was serious. I said, no, you can't get in. No darkies allowed. Nigga turned into ruckus. So, uh, and what was interesting about that because there's no proof of it, but. Chris Brown has like a history of uh accusations of him being colorist and favoring light light-skinned women over dark-skinned women or straight up just discriminating against dark-skinned women. Right.
0: Uh, an additional thing that I came across was apparently him throwing a woman's phone while he was in a VIP section at i don't know what the where the club was but um it was somewhere in Italy actually um so apparently he caught a woman throwing i mean caught a woman um recording him and he threw the phone and ended up getting her kicked out of the VIP section now so, just
2: uh just out of curiosity, the woman that was recording him was she dark skinned <laughs> uh that's a
0: fair question, but her complexion is not something I'm coming across um this was something that happened in Italy, so I've Probably. never been to Italy. I'm not sure how uh how many. Dark skinned women are frequent in that country. Um, less than one percent, I'm sure it's less than one percent.
1: But uh, go ahead, I have like a question there, though. All right, not like excusing his actions if he did do that, but don't a lot of celebrities, especially his caliber and type of celebrity who like to do like you know have fun and whatnot, don't they have rules against recording them and stuff?
0: I am not entirely sure how that works. I I always had the impression that just because you're a celebrity, um, that, that doesn't mean that you are subject to be recorded 24-7. So when you are in a particular state where you don't want to be recorded and you catch someone recording you, the way you respond to that is going to... Be whatever you feel the need to do, like uh, I believe Offset ended up uh, smacking someone's phone out of their hand,
1: yeah, uh, something like, like this. Like stuff like that happens. Like I said, I'm not excusing him taking somebody's phone and whatnot, and or getting her kicked out. But I'm pretty sure like they have rules against that sort of thing, especially if you're like near them. Otherwise, we would have like videos of these celebrities being out like every weekend,
2: right yeah I think part of that perception comes from like uh you have certain celebrities where they they have like photos of them like going to the beach or videos of them going to the beach and something like that, and it seems like they just caught a picture of them, and from what I hear, a lot of them actually call paparazzi and everything to follow them and mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. but it's still marketed like they like they just Caught the photo, you know. So it'll give people the perception like, oh, you could just take a picture of them if they're famous enough, and it yeah. and it makes sense because people as big as like Michael Jackson, you know, it would be an event just because this man walked outside the door. And
1: that's a different phenomenon, though. That's paparazzi. I'm talking about people who are like lucky enough to be partying with these individuals. Like, now, yeah, yeah. I mean, like NBA that's the thing. I feel sports, like uh, when they hang out with pop stars and stuff, and like singers of that caliber like you're not supposed to have your phone on you and you're not supposed to be recording these individuals like that's like a personal thing that's not like a professional thing
2: yeah but the, i think the problem is uh you recognize there's a difference but the way it's broadcast and everything it's it's broadcasted like it's not broadcasted it's like oh the paparazzi's professional and everything they put it out there as if oh yeah we're just trying to get these photos and they, and we're just taking them whether they know it or not you know what i mean and I know,
1: but it's like if you're in the inner circle, you know that. Like, you, you know what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If you're in that world, but like, I feel like a lot of people are not in that world, you know, they might just happen to be at a party where they're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I
1: don't uh, yeah. know. I'm, I'm not like, I've never been in a situation like that, but I feel as though with these women that get that close to these people, they know what's going on. Yeah. And,
0: the whole, like, the paparazzi versus just, like, a random uh, civilian, they're, like, for the paparazzi, I would, I I would want to attribute, like, the whole thing of them being, like, at the perfect place because the celebrity is basically calling them to get these particular pictures. I believe that is something that the Kardashians kind of made, like, a big thing because they were notorious for doing things like that and a part of that is being able to catch them in the light that they want to be seen in if you're just a random person and you just happen to see someone like a Chris Brown in the club and I'm just looking at this TMZ photo with his shirt off and he's just chilling um yeah that, that's a completely different situation because he's he's not prepared for someone to be Taking, uh, recording, recording him, or taking pictures of him. So, um, yeah, that they're, they're going to treat that differently. But further with that, bringing in um, Trey songs because apparently he got into a hit and run with someone, and just pulled up like he. Well, that's implied with a hit and run. Yeah, he. He, he apparently this was like a road rage kind of situation and um I mean two of these two individuals have a history of uh accusations being thrown their way while at the same time they also have a history of uh kind of having uh violent behavior um like anger management like needing anger management type of behavior and stuff like that but um I mean, I, I'm not like for Trey songs. This is more so like a recent thing, and I think this is sp- that spawned from uh, what? Well, uh, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but Kiki Kiki Palmer had a situation with him where she was like in, in a, a uh, threatening situation where he was recording her without her wanting to be recorded or whatever. Um That and that when she first came out and told that story, that wasn't really received very well. But since then, like the past maybe two years where more of these or more things have come out with women having accusations towards Trey songs, whether it be, uh, yeah, whether it be sexual or physical abuse, uh, I would have to look back into the particulars, but like, it, it's just been a lot of things going on with him and I mean, Chris Brown, like, this has been, like, since we all know what he did to Rihanna. Like, since then, these things have been coming in his direction. But more so for Chris Brown, I, I don't know what Trey Songs is doing. He's been kind of low-key. Like, he just recently had a kid, and he's, like, just doing this thing or whatever. But, like, Chris Brown is just doing
2: nothing to help himself at all. It's, it's interesting like the similarities and then the differences in the handle and how they handle themselves and everything like, uh, like Trey songs, you know, like he might have the accusations, but like you said, like he's kind of just chilling, you know, you don't hear too much about him, like in the spotlight and everything, you know, you might hear the accusations, but honestly, I kind of, I think I may have heard of him, but I forgot all about it because he stays kind of low key only really hear about him when he's releasing music you know
0: yeah and like i believe when like whenever these accusations would come out he would at most just like dismiss them and say that they're false or whatever but for chris brown like not even as far not even as far as like criminal accusations and stuff like that just even um There was like sort of feeds into it a little bit. Yeah, so I was like with his last album he put out, Indigo. There was a song on there where he had a line talking about he uh what what did he say? He only wants to
2: fuck the black chicks with the nice hair, and (laughs) which goes back to like uh I, I actually I remember that. And some women were actually saying that using that as a reason to say like the colorism thing like him coming at like black women you know darks and you know darker skin women because you know light skinned women are rumored to have better hair, you know that dumb shit,
0: yeah, and there's a i mean i don't like there's there's a very clear uh Pattern To me, at least, there's a clear pattern in the types of women that Chris Brown is into, but that's not a here or there. My issue with him is the way he responded to it, and it's just, like, going back to just him feeding into this shit. Like, he just doesn't do anything to help himself at all. I have a and question. And yeah, honestly,
1: wait, what'd you, wait uh, yeah, what'd you say? Um, Do you guys think that this hurts them professionally at all and if so i um, think chris
2: brown it hurts him professionally with the way he handles things like for instance he just constantly does things that makes you think about that like for instance Tory lane allegedly shoots megan the stallion in the foot
1: yes. and then
2: he decides let's do a joint album with Tory lane's now that he's gotten into all that domestic abuse project
1: well, well with that <laughs> they know that more people oh are God. gonna pay attention to the project now though like yeah yeah i know they're like kind of you know
2: yeah business-wise it it kind of does play into it but then it's like do
1: you really want that to be a part of your brand now it already is a part of both of their brands though they're just using it to make money yeah
2: that is that is kind of very that is kind of true from a business standpoint that makes sense but then everything else it's just like it's very unethical i i i'd say to say the least it Like morality speaking, integrity wise.
1: But I do have another question. Like, what with, um, I guess left to trace because I'm not super familiar with all of the situations he's gotten into over the past few years. But like, what if, like, what are they expected to do? Should they like try to change their image? What if they really just don't, don't care? What if it really just doesn't affect them that much? What if they really aren't? What if what if they're in, I don't know, I don't want to say what if they're not as bad as the narrative goes, but like what if for whatever reason they just don't feel the need to to do that? Cause clearly neither Tori Lands or Chris Brown have have done anything to dissuade the public from thinking that they, they are these people.
2: You know what? Yeah. That is true. When you think about it, they really have no motivation. Well, especially in the sense of like Chris Brown more so because uh, there's no motivation for him to, like, get it together. Because, it's like, why do I need to get it together? I'm still selling albums. I'm still rich. Women are still coming at me, you know, despite the claims and everything. Yeah, I lost, like, 50,000 women,
1: but I've still got a billion more. Mm -hmm. Who cares about them? And I'm sure both of them have also lost millions, if not tens of millions, off of these antics. And, yeah. But there
2: are millions, millions more. Yeah, you know the the level of fame in in Chris Brown's case, the level of money, the level of notoriety, respect. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Austin, What do you think?
0: I'll, I'll I'll say this. Um, I mean, for Trey songs, it's I I, I can't because I, I I haven't really followed this man as closely as I have with someone like a Chris Brown. Um, Cause out of the three guys that were mentioned, um, that's the person I've been the biggest fan of at, at some point in my life. Uh, Trey songs did have a history of anger. Um, he was like getting into fights and stuff, but he seemed to have cooled that down. Uh, Tory, Tory Lanez. He's just like, like, like y'all said, he's just been owning this, Piece of shit uh, narrative that he's been going along with, uh, and for Chris Brown, I'll, I'd say there was definitely, to me, a point where he was remorseful about what he did to Rihanna, but it got to a point where that image was so tied to him, he just said, "Fuck it," and I'm gonna just do what I want to do, and. In terms of like the careers being hindered in any way, that uh, I'm not entirely sure of, like the degree. But regardless, the, these three individuals are still going to sell records. They're going to be, they're going to have long, uh, prosperous careers. That's that's just the type of uh, environment um, we live in when it comes to just music and uh, people consuming music. He, like, it's, it's, like, damn near impossible to have anybody canceled just yeah, just because people aren't going to always have some form of access to it. But at the end of the day, for somebody like a Chris Brown, I get that whole thing of being frustrated with people basically not looking past your past actions. But at some point, you got to take ownership of the shit that you do on your own like you you can't control what people think of you. you you can only control what you do and if you're still out here doing shit like stalking Karuchi and uh harassing her and throwing shots to dudes that try to approach her and shit like that acting like you own her and allegedly abusing her and so like, allegedly at, like physically abusing her yeah um like just just the shit you you've done does not help you in any way and there was a point where i did feel more sympathetic to him but where i am right now like i can't i I can't really do that anymore like i I really can't like you got you gotta get your shit together frankly
2: um honestly that's the thing he doesn't because it's like it reminds me of like what uh what like tupac said he was just like My focus, like in one of the documentaries I was watching on Tupac, he was saying my focus is just to like get women to fuck with me. If women are, if like women are fucking with me, the men going to show up to, the women going to show up to the concerts and then the men going to show up to the concert just because the women are there. So they going to be fucking with me too. You know, so okay, can't go wrong. And then a lot of women, like majority women are like keeping like Chris Brown like as big as he is. Like guys will respect him because of music and everything, but it's the women that like go crazy and everything over him. making right, so it we'll, so that he has like essentially no repercussions. You know? All right. To so
0: to that I'll be I'll, I will
2: say for
0: those people, if that's like the type of crowd you want to draw, you want to draw in the dudes that co sign your chauvinistic, misogynistic, uh, colorist behavior. In the women that also co on it or whatever, and you want to surround yourself with people that are complicit in the shit you do, that's fine. I'm only
2: speaking for me. For me, I can no longer fuck with you if you keep doing the shit you're doing. I me, mean, I just want to know that when when did Chris Brown join the clan? Like, his, Jesus, what? Because his his exact words were allegedly "no darkies allowed." <laughs> Who talks like that? Darkie though?
0: That, that's I, I I wouldn't put that past him. That sounds pretty much in line. I, I, I wouldn't expect him to have some eloquent way of saying no dark skinned women. Like I, that that sounds like something that he would
2: say. He would I mean like but, that's just like the perfect like headline which they used as the headline when they had the articles talking about the shit. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I don't know
0: this guy. I I just see what I see and hear what I hear, and you you gotta get your shit together, sir. For me to for me to fuck with you, um, I respect that. Yeah that that that's all there is to it. And and no nah, no I don't need to say all that. Uh, we can go to the next thing, and the next thing being, Mister Kevin Samuels. And my question to the two of you, is. For this undercard, three rounds, Kevin Samuels, Dr. Umar Johnson, who are y'all taking?
1: Kevin Samuels has been practicing the martial arts for more than a decade. My money is on the man with actual training versus the man that doesn't look like he has much of a gas tank. My money would be on Kevin Samuels, not
2: even knowing all that, just on the fact that Umar Johnson decided when when he was beefing with Seti, that he'd be, he talked to him like he was hard by saying, I challenge you to a debate, nigga. <laughs> and he said that shit like it was tough, like it was supposed to intimidate somebody. No one like that can fight. All right. So Kevin Samuels, most definitely, would win. Y'all sure that
0: uh, Umar Johnson wouldn't summon some whole type of guides to the,
2: give him the extra boost? And get he the just job.
1: might. He just
2: might. Funny thing is, "hotep" means it's either a greeting or exiting thing, like hello or goodbye. So you can say "hotep" to Umar right before that nigga gets knocked out. Jeez.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, damn. But right. uh, go go ahead. Oh, I thought you were gonna get to the.
0: No, no, I I was just, I was I was just saying, you know, we're we're past the uh the bullshit. We can really get into it. And um yeah, we can go to you, um, so you can introduce it.
1: Okay. So I know this is a sensitive topic. And I don't mind if people like really just want to be upset about something, but I do think this is an important conversation to have in the black community. Um When it comes to Kevin Samuels, I I do consume his content. I don't agree with everything that he says. Uh, I think he's really funny. But when it comes to, like, actually considering, like, human beings and how they feel and whatnot, I don't agree with everything he says or how he speaks to people. But from consuming his content, I can tell that the man is highly intelligent, very articulate. And he tends to know what he's talking about he's helped change a lot of people's lives already in a very short amount of time for those who are receptive to his advice. I would kind of compare him to like Jordan Peterson, who is also somebody who I follow and listen to. Um, They're both really good at uplifting people and just getting people to get their stuff together and be a better version of themselves. And lately I've noticed that there are various campaigns to assassinate this man's character and just cancel him. Now, I I am kinda happy to say that these campaigns are kind of minor, all things considered. But the reason that these campaigns have come about is because he has gotten popular off of constructively criticizing black women, which is something that's that's... I kinda wanna
2: put it out there that it's not that it's popular. That's how he became popular, but that's not the only thing he criticizes. He criticizes black men as well. Yes. But he's just been popular. For the, yes, for the, criticizing
1: women. And I honestly, just to even fight that perspective, I wish that he would put out more content for men. Like I wish he would be more equal with it nowadays, because that would help just eliminate a lot of this this false narrative that's going about. But you are correct. He does put out content for both. But right now, since it's been getting his views up and that's more money in his pocket, that's better for his business. He has been focusing more on black women. And there's a campaign to paint him as being a homosexual man and also a campaign to like dig up old files on him to try to just assassinate his character. But none of the people that are coming against him are actually like combating any of the, the information he's he's speaking about or any of the truth he's bringing to light things that a lot of us know intrinsically, but we just don't even get to the, Point where we form a, a full conscious thought on it because it's just something that's not spoken about in our community. Like why our homes are so broken, why so many people are raised in single mother households and why there's this whole narrative when it comes to black men and black women. I will get to like the faults on both ends. But when it comes to black women, like there's a narrative where like a dude has to make like some crazy amount of money, which only a very minor percent of people let alone black men make. And they also have to check all these crazy boxes and just basically be a superhero. And if you're not that, then the woman is just going to wait for that, which is probably never going to come. And that's just a shame because a lot of our guys are ending up alone and a lot of these women's are just going from Well, I always say guy to guy, but relationship to relationship and they they never really take accountability and look at themselves and just realize that they kind of have unrealistic standards. A lot of these women think that their professional accomplishments means that some man should just pop up who is perfect for them. And at the end of the day, if you don't take the time to develop your interpersonal skills or actually figure out what it is that a man wants In a wife or a life partner then the odds of you getting one when you're like 30 something and you focus the last 10 years of your life on developing professionally happening that's just unrealistic and when it comes to black i'll call them black guys because like the word men is integral to what he's really trying to communicate when he talks to guys it's like (coughs) a lot of us don't know how to be men and he really talks to men or guys about getting their stuff together so they can become men and be financially supportive and be able to to provide a woman for what it is that they need like a lot of security and stuff like that but a lot of these guys aren't raised by men they don't have that example that's set for them and then they're thrown into a society where black men are continuously demonized most of all by black women who are supposed to be our partners you know so i don't know i can i can get, i can say more and i'm going to but i'll let, i'll let you guys speak on like, it though. i
2: feel like uh like what you said like shows like a lot like in the thing with Kevin, Kevin Samuels because like one uh like how he's pretty much just trying to better uh to better people you know yeah. and better the black community and everything but like uh, his delivery and then uh, people's reaction to it reveals like two things to me, you know. Uh, the first thing is that uh, this society is like uh, they it, it it lacks like uh, a a like a masculine perspective. Mixed with the feminine perspective. Either we get like a too masculine perspective or too feminine a perspective. And I think that's like the problem. Like, uh, I feel like lately we've been getting like a lot of like uh, more like feminine perspectives or even like feminine way of delivery, like less rude, less direct, you know, to make people more comfortable and everything. And then Kevin Samuels, his uh, method. And his delivery is a lot more masculine in that it's very more direct, very straight to to the point, doesn't give a fuck about how you feel as long as you hear what's being said, you know what I mean? And he's very direct, very kind of rude. Yes, he is. And this society really isn't used to that. It's sort of like when the society is like, it's sort of like when you're like, like, I'll look at like in this example, like Kevin Samuels is like like the father figure of like the black community in this perspective, you know? And maybe like maybe like Oprah or something may be the mother figure or something like that. Where Oprah may, she won't really straight up just attack people or come up in an aggressive manner. You know, she's known as she's known as more like a healer with her vibes. You know what I mean? Whereas Kevin Samuels, he's still giving you something to help you develop and grow, but he's just like like the dad is like when your dad comes home and tells you you've been fucking up, it's not gonna be the same way as your mom. You know, he's just gonna be like, all right, so you know what you are? You're you're somebody who's going to be a fuck up when you get older if you keep this shit up and you need to stop. You know, very, very direct. Not gonna make you feel good about yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And America doesn't really isn't really used to hearing that father picker perspective so right now we're so used to hearing it from the mother figure perspective you know at at this current time anyway not in the past but like right now we're so used to like the mother figure perspective more comforting and been nurturing you know that we're just like we need the healing perspective you know and kevin samuels it is like healing but it's like not the romanticized version of healing that has been presented to us. Everyone thinks like healing, it feels good and everything like, you know, like yoga and everything, like relaxing and everything and not forgetting like there is a part of the healing that you don't like that doesn't feel good. It's called the medicine. And Kevin Samuels is kind of giving you the medicine, you know, the bitter pills you have to swallow. But when you swallow them, it it, helps, it betters you. You know what I mean? Like we're not used to that, you know? So that's like one thing that's revealed to me from people's reaction to Kevin Samuels. And another thing is like just because like what became popular is his criticism of black women and none of the stuff that he where he criticizes men and cusses them out too. Uh, the societies or at least black people at, at least have like there's a problem with like holding accountability to women. And everything you know it's very embraced whenever man fucks up and people get on him about his mistakes but when women make mistakes they've got to like really really fuck up and even then you don't get on him as hard and everything you don't hold him as accountable you know sort of like the Jada Pickett Smith Will Smith thing you know what she had to do for people to really heal, hold her accountable was like really blatantly like she, that was in the wrong you know and even then it was still like like not too, not too bad. You know, her reputation isn't really tarnished. There's still a there right.
0: question on what Will did to lead her
2: to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like showing like, and that reveals to me, like we have a problem holding like the, our women, like as black people, our women like accountable for things, you know? And that's, that's, that's like a problem. Because I, you, you need you need both sides need to be held accountable.
1: I have something about that as well. A good example that's broader than our community, but also takes place in our community. False accusations. Women are not punished for false accusations on any level. A woman can accuse a man of like the foulest shit in the world, and have no repercussions, and that man's entire reputation can be ruined by by lies.
2: Yeah, that is true. Even if it becomes like proven, oh, you were just accused of stuff, but it's been proven that you didn't do it. That his reputation is still affected by by just having that stain on it. Yeah,
1: it's an ugly thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I feel like that kind of enforces a narrative of like men against women. You know, just by giving women like opportunities for that, for like that unfair treatment you know it reminds me of like people say that when when black people was like slaves and everything like the slave master might like give a bunch of benefits to one person just so that the other people could 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 have a problem with them you know and I kind of feel like there's a little bit of that with this where it's just like black men are held accountable to the point where Their reputation can be ruined for just being accused. No evidence, not proof, but not even evidence of him doing anything. His reputation can be messed up from that. But the women, it can come out that she completely made everything up. She was just pissed off and she just wanted to see this man in jail. So she lied about it. She can get away with that. And there's no repercussions, you know. Yeah. That says like that says like a whole lot. You
0: know what, I've been thinking about we don't need to uh get into it because to me this is a completely different topic of discussion. But in an effort to attack Kevin Samuels, people are still trying to use the gay thing as an insult. Yep. It's disgraceful, like are, aren't we aren't we trying to be accepting of the LGBT community, and we're still trying to use that as a way of tarnishing someone's character
2: you know, see that the part about that that's really interesting to me and it goes back to the women being played against men, you know, like women not being held as accountable gives women i mean, gives men reason to be angry at women, you know, and then women. And then women, like, it's interesting how women are not the ones who are predominantly, like, homophobic and everything. It's usually, like, black men, you know? But in this case, it's black women. Very hypocritically, they're the main ones calling Kevin Samuel, like, gay and shit. Yeah. From what I'm seeing.
1: They got a whole campaign.
2: You know, as an attack, you know? And it's just like y'all are the main ones saying like it shouldn't be like weaponized and the, you know shit like that. Those jokes are homophobic. Y'all are the ones saying that to you. guys. We're not attacking Kevin Samuels. The women are. And once again, that hip, that's very hypocritical in nature to do that. It's kind of like you're just using an argument for the, for gay people whenever it, it serves whatever agenda you have. If the agenda is the attack men. You're 100% against us slandering them, but if it's to attack another man, uh, you're gonna use them and kind of disrespect them, you know, and throw them on the, under the bus a little bit just to attack Kevin Samuels. It's hypocritical, and it, that also can feed into why men can be upset, you know, being held accountable, and then you and then women are not held accountable despite doing all these things that are very socially unacceptable. You know,
0: yeah, this, that's crazy. But, um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't honestly have much to add when it comes to Kevin Samuels himself. I think both of you guys, um, highlighted the uh content puts out and how it, it's meant to be beneficial to not just black women but black men. And, um, like his criticisms go both ways. Uh, So I I don't personally have much issue with him, but uh, I'm more so going to pose a question addressing the, uh, I guess, what is seemingly like a um, extreme kind of environment where women are able to basically get away with things without being held accountable. Would you guys say that this is kind of like a counter to the years of them being on the opposite end of things.
2: I would say it is, but I'm right now because we're dealing with Kevin Samuels and everything and his, his target audience and the effect is mostly on black people. I'm focusing on black relationships and like all that stuff in the past and everything that was a thing, but mostly for white People because black people usually didn't have, they didn't really have the power to like discriminate and be that sexist toward women. There were some of them that kind of did, and when and the few that were in positions to be able to do so. But uh, from what I'm told from people that were actually alive back then, uh, that I've talked to, they told me majority of them that was mostly like white women being abused and everything, you know burning the toast and then getting fucked up because the bread was burnt or some shit. You <laughs> Why
0: do you use that example? I'm sorry.
1: That because just sounds this, like a goofy example. Because that shit, like, was a real thing, like... I got something to add on that. Um, <laughs> Kevin speaks on this. He speaks on that narrative and he says that proportionately, and alright, so this is what he goes off of. He goes off of reported crimes, and of course, or reported incidences, and of course... A lot of people or people can say that, well, most of them went unreported. Well, that's unverified. Um, What we do know is our marriage rates used to be higher. We used to have complete families like the things that we do know, paint to a more positive picture than what is typically referred to in that narrative. But I also agree to an extent, but that's also not his. His whole message is about healing. Right, playing the blame game isn't helping anybody at the end of the day, especially if it's a blame game that's largely based off of a false narrative. Or I'll even put it this way I think this is the best way I could put it a vague narrative. Hmm. So, you saying that, what
2: do you guys think about his delivery? Because I hear one thing that I hear. Like one particular black woman that I know say was that if it's all about healing, why are you like attacking people when you're delivering the message that's supposed to better? Why can't you deliver it in a more compassionate way? Why you got to hurt people's feelings? Because if you hurt people's feelings, you know, they're going to be less receptive to whatever it is you have to say. They might even know you're right and won't want to admit it because their feelings have been hurt you know what i mean they don't want to accept what they know to be true you know what i mean why I, about that
1: i would be inclined to agree with that if i didn't listen to and watch the opposite happen myself like this man he's he violates people left and right pure comedy but it's like a lot the people that are receptive he'll still violate them they're still receptive like it, it just it would seem that people wouldn't be as receptive due to that But honestly, from what I've seen and what I've listened to, it really doesn't make a difference. Like it doesn't make a difference in whether the people are receptive or not. Like he gets through to a lot of people and the people he doesn't get through to, it's usually a pretty quick thing. Or they're just completely delusional and he tries to wake them up from a delusion and that kind of goes on for a little bit and then he just gives up. But he violates everybody, whether they're receptive or not. And it doesn't really seem to offset that quite like to me. You know, like I, from what I've seen and what I've listened to, he'll 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 talk trash with somebody. And if they're going to be receptive to the message, they'll be they'll still be receptive to the message and still end up thanking this man for his advice.
2: Yeah. I mean, so basically what I'm hearing is Kevin Samuels is just like he's just like that stern, you know, aggressive voice. And that's just who he
1: is. And he, just, he he talked yo he he really violates people though, yo he he is hilarious. But to him, he would probably just say it's just like you know, like playing the dozens or something like that. Like he would just say that people just need a thicker skin. I
0: mean, at the end of the day, they are going to him, and especially at this point, you when you go to him, you know what you're getting. So to me, still going to him that means you are more concerned with getting his advice and less concerned about how he's presenting it to you. Me, personally, I would rather not receive information in that manner. Um, at this point in my life, I'm kind of used to it because people are just f- dicks all the a time with the way they communicate, but ultimately, I, I, don't, I still don't let that um, overshadow the point that's meant to be taken. I, I like. I, I obviously, I would still prefer it be delivered in a more palatable manner. But whether it is or, not, I'm not going to let that get in the way of anything. And I don't think the, the and these people aren't letting that happen. Ultimately,
1: yeah. And it's not like he just go, like it's not like he does it to everybody. He does it a lot. I mean, that just seems to be his personality like we all know people that that do that sort of thing it's just he is not is i don't know it's and it's it's usually like superficial stuff
0: yeah i mean if, if he's the type of guy that says something like if you go to bed with your socks on then <laughs> pussy that you've gotten in your life has been pretty pussy that's that's not the type of guy I am going to go to first when it comes to any type of advice. <laughs> but but that's clearly like a joke, Bart, I Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but it's just like, damn, man, why you gotta go so extreme with it? <laughs> like, yo, it gets cold in the winter. I'm not trying to sleep with my with my feet out, I freeze my toes
1: off. All I'm gonna say, is if this man had a comedy special. <laughs> it'll, it'll probably be fine so, yeah like that's the type of humor he, he, he does he just really does it at other people's expense like i i and that's the that type of stuff i kind of i i enjoy it i'm not gonna lie i enjoy it from an entertainment perspective but when it comes to like the substance of his message i do think that it distracts from from that but especially because like when these narratives are formed for people who don't have the time to consume his content or get to know him like that it's like all they're getting is that you're bashing, and he hates that word, bashing black women, and you, you talk shit on people. So you know that is, uh, really
2: I think that is a, a problem where uh, we live in a society where, people, are allowed, to. Well, you have speech, free speech, so I guess you should be allowed. But people are taken seriously, and that shouldn't happen when they're speaking on things that they don't know anything about. Like there's no like demand for people to like can you at least be informed? Just slightly, can you at least watch one full episode of Kevin Samuels shit before you go speaking on it <laughs> publicly if you have a platform of your own, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we live in an
1: era of sound bites though. Yeah. You know, everybody or a lot of people heard that thing about when he uh who was it, Emma Smith? Like uh he was, you know, you said the the girl was built like a linebacker. Jesus Christ. You know, that wasn't... Yo, know, I listened to that episode. He said a few things. But, you know, it's the sound bites. It's the sound bites that people are listening to. And at the end of the day, he is brutally honest with people. Who I don't think it's necessary to throw jokes in. But he's not lying to these people. Like, if you're 300 pounds and you're 36 years old and you've never had a boyfriend before, like, it's, it's not going to be easy for you out here. Yeah. He's not lying to people. Like, you're not gonna. You're probably not gonna find the husband that you want. Yeah, at that point,
0: I think that's the most interesting element to it for me. Well, I'll, I'll, maybe not the most interesting, but I'll say that it is intriguing to see that people are upset with him, basically just saying what is just factually true. Like, if somebody, like, it, it'll be, like, um, like, I, I don't remember exactly what videos he may have shown me, Elijah, but, like, there will be certain things where he's asking someone about, like, whatever their situation is, like, whether they have kids or not, what their weight is, what their age is, and these things, and they yeah, provide sir. they provide this information, and then... Like these people when they're saying these things, they already know what that real answer
1: is to the exactly. situation. But everybody in their life lies to them and says it's okay to not yeah. be the best version of themselves. I don't like that. I really don't personally I don't like that. And you know I I, that
2: I, that comes from like uh sugarcoating in this yeah. society. Everybody's like like I said, like everyone likes a feminine nurturing perspective on everything at all times and never want to take like the harsh truth, like the reality of of the situation is you might be overweight and it's, that's going to make it harder for you.
1: you now, given the statistics, the reality of the situation is you probably are overweight and people need to stop lying to you saying it's okay to be lazy. And you know, that's, that is how I feel about it.
2: And, and- yeah, but people would rather like deny the truth and continue to believe the lie and they end up unhappy life-wise anyway. If you accept the thing that makes you unhappy for like maybe 15 minutes or a day or two, and to be happy in the rest of your life. I don't know. It's like people aren't looking at things from the big picture, everything just based on how they're in the moment and everything and not looking, not thinking ahead, you know? But to
0: me, the, the, the thing is they probably have a bunch of those people around them that sugarcoat things. Like whether it be a, a, man, a man or a woman that goes to him, uh, like prior to going to him, they probably have like a, like a circle of friends that are trying to encourage them, be like, oh, "No, there's nothing wrong with you. uh oh, no, you look good, girl. Oh no, you're doing all right, homie." But they still look at their the situation they're in, and then they're, they're still not happy. So they go yeah. to somebody that's going to give it to them, the honest, like, give them the honest in like unfiltered truth, and they're
1: appreciative of it. Yep. And for me and those people, I, I hold everybody in my life to that standard. I really do. I try to be as honest with people as possible because you're not doing anybody that you care about a service if you value their feelings or, I mean, if you value if they're going to be upset with you or not over helping them to be the, be the best version of themselves. You, you're, that's selfish to me. You really don't care that much about that person if you're willing to lie to them. To preserve yourself and your image that's how i view it
2: see uh the way i look at it is like uh people like to be high so like when people are like telling you that oh it's okay if you're overweight you're still beautiful and everything everybody's beautiful we want everyone to be accepted for who they are even if though they are as a shitty person even if they who they are as a lazy person this and that, we don't want to be honest, we want to make everyone feel accepted. And I attribute that as equivalent that being high all the time. You just want to be in that realm of fantasy. It's like you want to do acid every day. And instead of like, just coming down to the reality because when you do acid or whatever, coming back down to reality is rather unpleasant, you know? And people don't really want to deal with the unpleasant reality that they're in to create A pleasant reality so they instead of doing that because that requires a lot more effort they just get high and they they choose to just be around people that support whatever it is that they're doing you know that's preventing them from being the best version of themselves because it's easier you know it's easier to just stay high that's how i look at it
0: yeah, I, I don't remember who mentioned it uh, earlier. When it comes to, uh, it might have been you, Donzo, When it comes to, like not being forward thinking, uh, like that, all of that, like that, uh, all those things, words of, uh, like affirmation and stuff like that. That's all, like, in like in the moment, like present satisfaction and people are okay with just feeling good for, like, those short time, but when it comes to long-term happiness, uh, like, they gotta... Like, a lot of people don't find out until they actually get to that point where it's kind of too late and then they look back as like, damn, I should have fixed this situation in
1: my life and then I wouldn't be here. I agree. I I don't like the word happiness, though. I think fulfillment yeah or even like yeah just being satisfied with your life or yourself, maybe attaining success in your in your own way, a lot of people don't get to that point because they don't do what is necessary, and what's necessary is always difficult. It wouldn't be necessary if it wasn't difficult, it wouldn't be worth it if it wasn't difficult life life doesn't care about our feelings, and life is rough, life is hard you're gonna get knocked down regardless. you got to get back up, you have to really fight yourself and really. Really force yourself to be the best version. It's not going to be easy for anybody, and if you're too lazy or for, I think most people are just afraid. Honestly, And if you just can't get past that, then it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah, like uh, that's kind of how natural selection really works. And people, I feel like they're trying to like make this like. From my perspective, I know majority of a lot of people these days would disagree, but I feel like people are trying to create this soft ass world you know where everybody's like barney and shit hugs and kisses for everybody holly jolly like it's christmas every day everyone's accepting of everything and nobody's held accountable because accountability is bad it makes people sad and uncomfortable that's not holly jolly that's not that's not celebratory you know that's not a good feeling you know everyone's like really it's like they they're just too soft you know what i mean like when it like it's like when you were a kid or whatever like someone would check you if you were on some bullshit or whatever. And you'd have that moment where you feel like shitty for a second, you know, maybe five minutes depending on what you did, how bad your parents or whatever, like authority figure, you know, came at you about it. And then you, you'd learn the lesson and then you'd get on with your life. And now it seems like people just don't really know how to get on. They just hang up on every, every little insult, every little thing that they don't like despite the truth in it you know and and i think they're like that because we're creating such a soft world where people are so used to like sugar coated shit you know one other thing i think i think it's interesting how like uh the problem with this like like the kevin samuels thing is majority like in the black community and everything but it's kind of like, with ref- it's sort of, kind of sort of reflects like the overall relationship America has with women and everything. You know, I find that very interesting. Like there are some parallels there. You know, I'm not going to elaborate right now, but I feel like there are a lot of parallels with that that are that are really interesting. Okay. Um. Well.
0: On that note, we'll get to this last topic, and again, we are running it back on the Joe Button podcast with a uh, new development. So, Elijah, let's uh, let's get to you. This is your line of expertise.
1: So I was pretty harsh the last time we talked about this. So I'll phrase it a little nicer this time. And Joe Button saw fit to relieve his two employees of their <laughs> of their positions for violating their contracts. And uh, I think it was the right move. I think it was the right move. Like I said last time, I would have left them on the curb. Seems like that's where they're back at now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You started off so good, <laughs> and then you reverted right back to it. Right. So, Joe, I mean, all right. Here's my thing. I'm on Joe Budden's side. That's no secret. I recognize his clear character flaws, but I also recognize the difference between business and friendship, and where those clear lines are drawn. Um, apparently, during the month that these two returned, Rory took it upon himself to start auditing Joe or trying to figure out what was going on with the books. Joe refused to show him the books. All of this was over money. Uh, they were saying it wasn't over money. This whole thing was over money and them feeling as though they weren't the bosses that they perceived themselves to be when other bosses decided to speak out against them. And I'm going to name these bosses. People, I mean, like the the co-hosts of the Breakfast Club who are all owners of their various ventures. Um, they're, I'm pretty sure they're all serial entrepreneurs even um, DJ Academics Who has carved out his own path Despite everybody Trying to shut him down for years I have nothing but respect for him And I, I have also been following him since, since the beginning of his career in 2014 And then Andrew Schultz Who is the co-host of the Brilliant Idiots Podcast With Charlemagne the God Who is also a member of the Breakfast Club Who has taken his position as Charlemagne's co-host And carved out his own lane as a boss who owns his own stuff now and he's also a millionaire off of doing that off of parlaying his friendship with Charlamagne. so for years maul and rory talked down on these bosses and really just acted as if they were equal with these individuals they're not they were always employees they had no idea what was going on with their business well with it wasn't their business actually they were just employees with uh joe's business and they seemed to be okay with everything. And so Joe gave them a raise off of his Spotify deal. And then they got curious about how much money he was actually making. Now, if you understand business and you understand ownership, you would know that owners understand the numbers. They understand what's going on with their business. How could you be an owner if you don't understand what's going on with your business? Right. These two are never owners. They are nothing but employees. And it, seems as though they did not take advantage of their time or their proximity to a boss and pioneer like Joe Budden. Instead, they decided to stay complacent in their co-host roles until recently, where they decided to, oh, well, they just decided that they they needed more, they wanted more without actually earning it or adding that enough value to the brand to receive such things. And Joe has said it so himself, but I also agree. He He was probably overpaying them. He looked out for them. He protected them. He says that he paid them more than they were worth. And they still took it upon themselves to try to get a bigger piece of the pie, despite the fact that Joe makes a bunch of deals on behalf of everybody who works with him and under him, because he is the boss. They all are signed to contracts under him because he's the boss, right? And a lot of people, they want to they wanna talk about friendship and how Joe snaked and violated his friends without acknowledging the business relationship, which is the default primary relationship when it comes to money. There is no reality where Joe Budden should feel as though he should break off bigger pieces of the pie that he worked so hard for, for his co-hosts that don't add the equivalent value to that. Now, if If they were bosses, if they were owners, even business partners, why weren't they at these Spotify deals? Why weren't they at the Patreon deal? How come they don't know what's going on with the books, right? Because they're employees. Well, no, ex-employees. They're unemployed now. So what I really want to say is that I'm disappointed in the narrative that's being spun, painting Joe Budden as the bad guy here. I realize that he could have been nicer about it or whatever, but this clearly was doomed to go down this, this way ever since two months ago, when the two decided to take off for a month from their jobs, he was nice enough to bring them back and give them another chance because of their friendship and their relationship. And Rory himself continued to try to violate this man. And I'm sure they will be going to court. I, I I've, I have a lot of faith that Joe will not be found in the wrong whatsoever. And I also have faith that when all this stuff comes to light and it's proven that he actually looked out for them and paid them more than he needed to, the narrative still won't change because people just like to be against Joe Budden. I'm okay with that. I'm sure he's okay with that. He's used to that, but it's the Joe Budden podcast. And I've seen a lot of narratives today of people saying, Oh, the Joe Budden podcast went up in flames. Oh, the Joe Budden podcast is done. Oh, it's all over, folks. No, it's not. It's the Joe Budden podcast. This man did not die. And he did not fire himself. And it seems as though people are forgetting that a month ago, he replaced these two ex-employees with two better co-hosts, Ice and Ish, who he was giving a Patreon uh, podcast to. I hope that he transitions that over to the main podcast, because I'm one of the people that enjoyed their the new edition i enjoyed the revamp podcast with people who actually aren't arrogant and over inflate their values and honestly when it comes to Maul, he didn't get fired but if you are familiar with the podcast he's definitely not coming back he barely contributed any content the man was boring at the end of the day and the last thing you want to be as a content creator even though I, i don't even want to call them creators they're not creators. They're not creatives. They never created, or Rory creates some things, but that's separate from Joe Button. He can do his own stuff. I respect that, but that has nothing to do with Joe Button. When it comes to the Joe Button brand, these two didn't create anything other than the words that came out of their mouth. That was their job. That's what they got paid for. So I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to, un- well, no, it's not hard for me. It's actually easy for me to understand why all these people are just riding this narrative. People don't care about the truth. Because his narrative is so much more enticing, and it's easy to hate somebody who has the type of personality flaws that Joe has. But one thing I can say is that the man is right about his business. He arguably, arguably went from being a one-hit wonder to becoming one of the most talked about and respected commentators in the hip-hop world. I have nothing but respect for that man and his brand. And if you understand him and how he works, he is going to be fine. He's going to be more than fine. He's gonna snap back from this with a vengeance, and his brand is gonna to continue to grow because he is the mind behind it. He is the talent. I hope these two are a distant memory. I wish them all the best, but I'm glad he fired them. I would have fired them sooner. I wouldn't have let them back. Okay, so now,
2: like uh, from what I was like seeing, like in all the comments regarding like the firing, I'm hearing a lot of. The same thing is sort of what you're saying, like from certain people, like a lot of people oh. are saying, like, you can tell which people are familiar with business and just familiar with friendship. Because all the people that are familiar with business and this is uh, like what somebody actually commented, he said, like all the people that are familiar with business, they won't really have too much of a problem no, with, oh. with like what Joe did, because honestly, it's like Joe actually gave the money, He gave them like raises and everything that they didn't deserve just off of just the friendship and everything. They say from like a business perspective, they didn't contribute enough to the podcast to even earn what he was already giving them. But also like to the narrative that's being painted about like Joe Budden being the bad guy, there's a thing where like Joe Budden's talking about understanding the business that you're in, you know, the deals being made, and everything and how that's important And it seems like Like Joe's like hypocritical When Ma asks him like about The deals and everything and what The money's like that's going on so that he can Get a better understanding of the situation He's in and then Joe Button says well that's none of your business
1: Okay so I, I Honestly don't see the contradiction in that at all Understanding the business that you're in And using the, like the word Business I feel as though it's used like In three different contexts there But it's like understanding the business that you're in, yeah, understand your position, understand where you're at, understand where you are, right? But understanding the business that Joe built, the business that Joe is the boss of, the business that Joe manages, and the business that Joe uses to employ these two individuals through, that's completely different. If you work at Walmart and Walmart makes deals, you as a cashier are not going to the CEO of Walmart asking to see the books, It's none of your business. And you're lucky if you get a raise when they make all these acquisitions, which Walmart does all the time. is That's not how business works. It just isn't. And it shouldn't be. Like, as a worker, you're not entitled to go to your boss and be like, oh, you've been doing all this. You've been working hard using your name, your reputation, your hard work for decades to get these deals, right? I want some of that but not contributed anything to it other than the job that's in your contract that you get paid for as is. That's not how it works.
2: Yeah. I think that's the thing uh, the problem with like the business and the friendship being mixed because like that, like what you just said made sense. Like that's not how business works. And in the context you put it in, like your boss employee relationship, it makes a lot of sense but when your boss and employee relationship is also the same childhood friend or something like that you had, it's hard to look at it as like just a boss employee relationship. You're like, you oh, your your bet your best friend is making money on something that you all are a part of. Now your your best friend may be doing a lot more behind the scenes behind that, but it's still like a part of you you guys still are doing it together. So it feels like as a friend they would let you know those those type of things, even though that's not how business works, you know, like separating the two. You know what I mean?
1: Even with that, I don't see the contradiction there. What, Like, all right. So, if you know, Joe, but a lot that, of that's not really
2: about a about, contradiction. It's just like a, a hard thing to separate, like the business and the friendship.
1: It's you not, know? though. Here's the thing. Friends don't pay each other. Your boss pays you. If you're under a contract from an individual, that's your boss. Your friend does not pay you. You don't get paid extra money off of your friendship with somebody. You get paid off of your contributions and the added value to the business. If you haven't stepped up to actually add more value to the business, what more are you owed? Despite the fact that he's given them continuous raises and overpaid them. He did his part. He did more than his part. He did that friendship thing. The thing that everybody keeps referencing, he did that. What was he supposed to do? Cut the pie three ways? Despite the fact that it's called the Joe Budden podcast and they it wouldn't exist without him all these deals there wouldn't be a progression without him he's the one that provides all the content he's the outrageous polarizing character that everybody loves to tune into and everybody loves to hate that's him it's not the other two those two will be forgotten in three months
2: yeah that is that is uh that is very true and like you pointed out proven when he
1: replaced them and, and, and another thing this man continuously preaches about this exact business that they're in i've learned stuff about this business from joe how are these two sitting right next to him spending all this time with him not learning anything all this has proven to me is that these two are business illiterate that's <laughs> all that's proven uh yeah
2: that is uh i feel like that that does make sense uh because uh yeah I feel like they were trying to take advantage of the position they were in. They just didn't do it the right way.
1: No, they came in with threats. They came in trying to leverage things. They went on strike. And then when they came back, they wanted to talk about how Joe should have just stopped everything, despite the fact that there are 20 plus people who have to feed their families off of their contribution to this. That's selfish. Like I said, I would have never let them back through the door. (laughs) At all.
0: I mean, like I, I don't really have much to add I think you guys kind of Highlighted the A lot of the points that I was really thinking about But it is Just like the whole thing Like With the show pretty much Staying Is if if not Staying as uh, Like Successful getting more Successful, it's going to be more successful. The two of them were gone. It's just, yeah, it's it's, it's weird for people to be saying that this is about to crumble now. It's like, I think that that part is
2: it makes sense that people were saying that because they might be looking at it from the perspective like Joe's personal relationships, like as a person, he seems to burn a lot of his bridges down with the people that he gets into business with.
1: You guys want to know something funny though? see who we still cool with they're all owners they all own their shit Yeah, they're all worth millions together he's still cool with Puff he's still cool with Charlemagne he's still cool with academics it's he, at the he doesn't mess with corporations and he has a few pissed off workers in Eminem but he's not working with Eminem
0: oh so I, I didn't even hear about that relationship being
1: rekindled but yeah, no, they don't they don't they don't I'm pretty sure they don't they don't speak or anything like that. Well, well I mean he's like, not working with them.
0: Yeah, as far as there being um like animosity
1: towards each other. But the other slaughter gang people are still cool with Joe. Royce yeah. is a good friend of his. Joe has a lot of good industry friends who mess with him. They understand who, who he is as a person and they accept him. Yeah, the man's burned a lot of bridges and he talks about that too. There's an art to what he does. All these people talking about, yo, and you know, I brought up uh I brought up the the one dude Jabari earlier when I was talking to Austin. He's talking about how Joe was ranting stuff, and he was like, "What kind of boss does that?" I get it. You don't agree with his like what he's doing. That's cool, but are you denying that the man is an owner and a boss and a continuous entrepreneur who has paved the way for a lot of people to follow in his wake? Is that not a fact? Despite the way that he carries himself and how people may disagree with it. How are you going to say this man's not a boss just because you don't like how he fired this bum on air? Makes no sense to me. People are just saying stuff that doesn't correlate with reality. One thing that
2: I think does correlate with reality is I think it was a bit unnecessary for him to just be on air and, like, how about this, Maury? You're fired. I'm like, all right, you didn't have to do so that. would so much
1: worse, yo. You I would have so much worse. You didn't so have to do worse, it on
2: air. You could have just been like, all right, Rory has made an announcement like Rory, Rory is no longer a part of it.
1: No, nah, I'm glad he did it on air. I, I I honestly don't see why people have an issue with that. I'm glad Don,
0: he did Donzo, the way you said that, you made this man sound like Trump.
1: Yeah. Was, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad he did it that way. I, don't, I really don't see why people have an issue with that. Like, I feel as though if you... If I ask like three or four questions deep of any person who brings that up, they honestly don't have an issue with it. I really don't see what the issue is with that. Uh
2: yeah, it was just like man, I know like business-wise, but I thought this was still your man's. Like...
1: It was entertaining as yeah, he was until his man started trying to violate him. Yeah. You yeah. It, he didn't do it, that it... to Ma. He did that to this this punk Rory. Who he he plucked out of fucking nowhere, gave him a platform, gave him every opportunity to succeed, and he's just an ungrateful, self-destructive dickhead.
0: Yeah, that was some slimy shit. Yeah, I can't, I can't
1: really,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, I I can't really defend Rory, Rory's actions uh, too much. And like you said, he didn't really do anything to mob Maul. Kind of just like. I feel like I'm all a lot of loyalty to Rory. is just like we were starting this together, so uh it wouldn't be right to do it without him. So he yeah, he just chose to back out, I guess.
1: It's all right. If if they had equal ownership and it was a partnership, it wouldn't be called the Joe Button podcast. Like all this stuff is plain as day. It's just that I feel as though people just want to get confused with all the fluffy shit. Like I said earlier, this is not SpongeBob. Friendship has nothing to do with business. You can be Friends with business people, your business partners, or what? Or no, I don't know. I really don't know if you can be friends with your boss to a certain degree. But it's like, look, you gotta know the difference. If you don't know the difference, then you're fucking up, not not them.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is a uh, that is a uh, very, very sadly uh, kind of true. It's just like, uh, I guess, like the part that makes it seem like weird is the part where, like, all of us are like in on everything and normally, like all this stuff would be like private, you know what I mean? But it's entertainment, so we kind of like hearing a bunch of behind the scenes stuff, Rory like trying to run the books and everything.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. It was like when they took the hiatus, it was all behind the scenes, but then they came back and they all talked about it. And then Rory does some grimy stuff. Like, how is Joe not going to address it publicly? Of course, he did it with flair. I find it very entertaining. I'm glad he did it. That that made my day. But, um, like, like how is he not going to publicly do it when this man's still, like, on some BS, you know? Let, let everybody know he's not coming back. He's not welcome.
2: Yeah. I feel like this is a... Uh... you know this uh, actually like kind of going back to like what we were talking about with like the black community and everything with Kevin Samuels saying like with this thing right here it it just shows like the amount of financial literacy that is kind of needed you know what I mean understanding of like business practices because I feel like the consensus of this would be a bit different if people understood business and everything, you know what I mean? And there would be a lot less of these situations where it's like business ruins friendships, you know what I mean? Because it sounds to me like Joe Button had a better understanding of the business he was in than Rory and Mal did.
1: You know why? Because he's an owner. That's why he—he he, it's the Joe Budden podcast. It's the Joe Budden network. This man has a greater vision than these two. How many shows has Joe helped develop in the last three years? Mm, I'd
2: say about three.
1: It's even more than that. He has his pull-up thing. He does the yearly thing with Charlemagne. This man's always doing stuff like that. Always. I forgot about those two. Oh
2: uh, yeah, he, I forgot about out those
1: too. So no it's just not the same. They're not the same. And my thing is that if you're working with this man for even five years, how do you not negotiate more? How do you not provide more value to the point where you can earn more and be a part owner?
2: See, I think that financial literacy or business literacy that would actually make make you understand how to do that more. And because I feel like a lack of understanding in that, like you would actually have a good understanding. You're not an owner. Yeah, your face is on this right next to mine but you're not an owner but if you don't have an understanding of business you're just like you're just like what do you mean you my face is right next
1: to yours i it's we split it off 50 50 you know what i mean it's baffling to me that they didn't understand that like it like it just really is it's baffling to me i don't i i really don't know why they didn't know this stuff
2: I feel like there had to be something behind the scenes that they're not telling us for them to not understand this because... I doubt it.
0: Yeah, I doubt it as well. I think they, they they just didn't know what the situation was. They just... Yeah, they had the situation fucked up.
1: I'm glad they were replaced. And here's the thing. I've been a fan of the Joe Budden Podcast since I was in college. I enjoyed their contribution, but I think it's definitely time to move on, especially when all that stuff goes on. Like I said, Maul is a boring person. I wish him all the best. Rory... Sorry, self-destructing. Wish him all the best as well. But when it comes to Joe Button stuff, they clearly were hurting his brand. So, whether fake fans want to see that or not, they were they were not helping him advance. And he's trying to do some next level stuff. So,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely true. They weren't yeah. really contributing much to the brand. I will say that. Yeah. Like the
1: only thing they contributed was that people were used to them.
2: <laughs> I was—I would say in Maul's case, the people always cracked
1: on him in the comments section. That—that—that's something. That is something. Yeah, but I'm yeah. excited to see all the other platforms comment on this, all the other podcasts and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, that—that's been interesting. Like DJ Academics. Like, when this thing was announced, of course, Joe Budden became more trendy and everything because people are like, oh, he just fired Rory and Maul. And DJ Academics also went up because everyone's just like, all right, we know Academics don't have a feeble day with
1: this. He even tweeted about, like, that quote too many times. Yeah. You know what's crazy? He hasn't even been that bad with it. He already came out and said some stuff, and he hasn't even been that bad with it.
0: I mean, to him, I would think it's really just clear cut. Yeah, tonight. and he already knew
1: this was gonna happen. Yeah,
0: like it's not really much to to say here if you
1: know what's up. He's he's gonna keep talking shit on Rory though, probably for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I I had I hadn't been one that followed the Joe Button podcast at all over the years, but from what I hear, Rory was someone that. Ran his mouth too much when it came to other platforms, so
1: that's not even why him and Act don't get along. Rory sent some people to his house and left like some prank threatening message in his mailbox, and academics has not let up off him since. He even uh, threw out like his uh, that's what I could wow, yeah, niggas showing up to his crib or some shit like that. Yeah, so Rory. Rory is doing some dumb stuff. And Joe even commented on that today. Because I, I, I heard every snippet that I could. He was saying that that let him know. He asked Rory if he did it. Rory said no. And he said that regardless, that let him know that Rory wasn't focused on like the business and stuff. Because he, he said that he thinks that Rory did it. But, or he, I don't know if he said that, but he said that he, he doesn't know academics to be a liar. If you know academics, people can say a lot of stuff about him. The, nobody's ever called the man a liar. And he reports yeah, that is a lot true. of salacious stuff. Nobody's yeah. ever called him a liar. He's thorough. That's part of the reason I'm a fan of him.
0: Yeah, with, with that being said, whatever degree of vitriol that comes Rory's way is more than justified at this point.
1: It really is. And it's a shame, too, because he is not a bad dude either. He really isn't. But he's definitely, he just keeps messing up. He, he needs to focus on his album. He has reason on his album. That's pretty cool. I don't know who else is on it, but I think that's cool.
0: Hmm. Honestly, can't say whether or not I'll be checking that out. I guess it'll depend on the features.
1: I'm Uh, probably not. uh, I can say right now, probably not. I'm going to offer curiosity, but I don't even know if he's going to put it out now. I'm sure the man's like, he's going through a lot.
0: Yeah, damn, that would be crazy if that just derails that
1: whole thing. Uh, I think it should like that's think about how embarrassing that is for everybody involved. They like, they made it, they came back for a month and then had a a giant blow up. Like that's like a bad relationship. Yeah. You get that back that with does. your girl and then you break up with her immediately and everybody's like, "Yo, you two just got back together." Shit, that, I've been through that. It's <laughs> <That's Yeah>. embarrassing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, it it just reflects poorly on you if if that if your personal stuff has an impact on your business.
2: Yeah, I think it's well, the your way job it happened in this case. Yeah, the way it happened was like so like like so strange because it was just like it was sort of like a fake out. Like everyone's just like, oh, they're working on getting it back together. You know, like the last episode, like oh Rory, Maul, and Joe, they're trying to figure it out. The po they're back together and everything, the podcast back to normal, and then the next episode, you're fired. You know. Very uh,
1: by it. very unexpected. I'm not surprised by it, and I I also appreciate it. Yeah. Well,
0: hopefully, uh, all parties involved end up uh, landing on their feet. Well, we all assume Joe will be fine, but when it comes to Ma, Ma- and Rory, let's uh hope for the best for them. I guess. So, uh, that being said, uh, we pretty much covered everything. Uh, do you guys have any closing statements? You
2: know your business. There you go.
1: You know your
2: business. Know your position in your business. And, uh, yeah. Be very, uh, be very cognizant. All the above.
0: So, uh, that'll do it for us. For this episode of the Daycast Podcast, I am Austin, joined by Donzel, and a lot. Peace. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out.